0: Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order.
1: This is Mark Jones on Rebel Radio. This is how I'm going to say it. I'm not going to fuck you, Josh.
0: What's up, this is Rebel Radio. What up, what up, this is DJ Newmark. <laughs> this is Butter Wolf. It's your boy, it's okay. Keep checking out Rebel Radio. Rebel Radio. This is Rebel Radio.
2: We're in the place right here. Ah. Rebel Radio is going down. Would you say, Rebel Radio? Oh, wait, let's do it again. Rebel Radio. What's up, Rebels? Welcome back to Rebel Radio. I'm your host, Josh Levine. Uh, if you listened last week, I mentioned that I've been traveling throughout Europe for the last month or so, and I was able to spend some time in London, I caught up with my man, Mark Jones, who's my guest this week. Uh, Mark is the founder of Wall of Sound Records, a longtime uh, player in the dance music scene in London. He's worked with um, so many important artists over the years, from Basement Jacks, Propeller Heads, Sop, Human League, um, a new record from the Lisbon Kid, Man Doesn't Stop, he- keeps going. He's also the host of the Back to the Future radio show uh, which used to be on BBC 6 and is now available on Soho Radio and he also hosts a series of live events in London called Question Mark where he talks to 80's artists about how the business has changed and how that's affected them Um, he's had guests like Nick Hayward from Haircut 100 Paul Humphreys from OMD Steve Norman from Spandau Ballet if you don't know these people You are too young. Uh, But get up on it. Mark, man, Mark's a trip. This interview is all over the place. Uh, You'll see I lost control pretty much from the beginning. And then we end up just having fun with it. But I found a quote on on Mark's Facebook page uh, that said, People shouldn't hesitate to exert their all. And I think that's a good illustration of what Mark's all about. This dude is pure creativity. We get into um, just how he's... You know, he's one with the, the art and the creative side of what he does. He, He's—I uh, get the sense he's maybe not too much for the business side, but this dude is all creative, and he and he um, creates an environment for the artists that's really safe for them to to do what they do. So he's got some great stories uh, that he shares in this interview. I hope you enjoy it. We're going to get into that right after the EatingM.com track of the week.
0: I know you want it. it,
2: All right, that was our EDM.com Track of the Week. That was Colonel and Classical with a track called Want It. I hope you dug that, and I hope you stick around for our interview with Mark Jones. So start me at the beginning. Okay. And, uh, right. Here we are for, for music guy, I'll, for a music
1: I'll, guy. Tell me the first record you ever bought. That's very interesting that you should say that mm. because I do ask that on my radio show. And I do ask people that all the time. What was the first record I ever bought? Mm. Well, the first record I ever bought was the Monkees. Okay and a compilation album of yeah. the monkeys. yeah when I was very young yeah take the last train of Popsville and I'll meet
2: you at the station you can be here by 4.30 cause I've made your reservation
1: don't be stoned oh yeah because TV show sure. I was obsessed with that and yeah. a little bit you know it was one of those
2: so the monkeys are amazing because you know we've we live in this era now of, of American Idol and all that, whatever.
1: American Idol. Uh, all of those shows, right? Of, of, of <sighs> let's not go there. Please. All right. Please, not let's not go there. You mean American Idol. Well, what I
2: mean is that we live in this era now. But that
1: has taken all of the creativity away from music. I know. We're getting to that. Because it's about... You know, young people thinking it's about fame. Yeah. And they put me live on the BBC yeah. with somebody called Simon Cowell. So I've heard. You heard that? Yeah. Right. Well yeah, because we are polar opposites in the music industry. Okay, wait, I want to get to that. <laughs> but I, but, but, <laughs> I didn't but think I told but you. But
2: that. I want to start with you. Right. So oh, no. So you, so you bought the monkeys, but when was your what was the first music that you felt like? Well my brother
1: my brother was into rock and reggae, yeah. so you go the opposite direction of what your brother mm. older brother is into, mm. so I went electronic and I got my mum and dad to buy me a yamaha c s o one synthesizer mm-hmm. from their Grattans catalog and sat in my bedroom and just made noises but um, obviously had debbie Harry. Mm-hmm from Blondie, all over my bedroom walls. Nice. So I went to sleep with her and woke up with her Yeah. in the morning. Very cool. Um, and, yeah, so I just used to sit up there and, and make noises and shapes and sounds. Yeah. And that's how I got into music. So obviously, you know, the Human League and everything else. Sure. Electronically. Yeah. And then how did you come to... When did it become a career? Well... It was very interesting because I was in a supermarket, um, and the girl on the till said, "Who who I was just bought some stuff for my mum and dad." And then the girl on the till said, "My my boyfriend tells me that you have a synthesizer," and I said, "What?" <laughs> and um, yeah, so we hooked up, yeah. and I joined a band, or we we created a first band. Mm-hmm. Um, called Red Box, mm. which was way back, um, in the mid eighties, early eighties. So yeah, and we had a we got signed to. Poly Records. Um, Paul Oakenfold was the was the A and R person there, mm-hmm. and um, we we had a single out called "Never Trust Your Soul." Okay. Um, and then it evolved from there. So then I created Perfect Day, mm-hmm. which is the band sure. that I yeah. was in.
2: Yeah. And was that and so um, was that the path? And you're going to be an artist?
1: Well. That was that was it then. I yeah. mean, obviously, you know, we had four singles out, and there were girls sleeping in my mum and dad's front garden, <laughs> in a tent.
2: Yeah.
1: And there were. It was very interesting. We had some some records in the charts and yeah. stuff, but um, the album never got released. Um, but there's videos up and do stuff. You, the band called Perfect Day.
2: Yeah. Do you remember? The first time feeling like. Like like I've I've got something like this can be,
0: creatively,
2: yeah, or or even like that sign of success.
1: Well, yeah, I mean we had some records in the l- charts and yeah. stuff, and yeah. as I said, there were girls sleeping in my mum and dad's front garden. We were uh-huh. on TV a lot, and there were covers of magazines, yeah, which I found the other day. Oh no way! Yes. I found these the other day because we were moving house. Jackie. Jackie? Nice. Remember that? No. You don't? I don't know. Just 17?
2: Yeah. That's cool. Well,
1: no. I mean, it's just funny. But then um, when. when Because London Records, we were signed to, um, they never released the album. um, And so we were dropped. And then I just wanted to learn about the other side of the industry. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I was fascinated. And. Before I formed the band, I used to do the visuals at all the acid house clubs
2: Mm.
1: and stuff. Yeah. So somebody used to sell records at the parties. Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. And I just said to him, look, you know, I want to learn about this. So he he had a a company called Soul Trader, um, which was a distribution company. Um, and I just said I want to learn about the other side of the industry so I went to work for him cool. a couple of days a week and yeah. then um, you know found bands and we would press their vinyl and yeah. you know got got the records out there. And um, there so I found the first you know I pressed the first Basement Jack's record yeah. and found lots of other new bands and then I just said to him one day okay I really want to start a record label um, can we do that? So yeah. we did a compilation called Give Them Enough Dope. Um, and that was the first release on Wall of Sound. Nice. So what year was that?
2: 1994. Mm. So was there a was there like a plan all of this or was it just you well, know, it was just one of those and, things it was
1: just yeah. you know I, I wanted to learn about the other side of the industry because obviously you know we were dropped and and everything else so but creatively my brain was still going on and i i never you know i didn't i just wanted to you know certain electronic music had got very stagnant then and not creative in mm-hmm. any way shape or form mm-hmm. because dance music had become this thing um, so I wanted to cr- to throw everything in the mix, so we we did that, and you know p- j- lazy journalists didn't know what to call it, mm. so they want it in a box so we when we threw everything in the mix um they they want to put it somewhere, so they called it big beat and, sure. and, and trip hop mm-hmm. um and then every record we released. On the label, it was oh, it's Big B, oh, it's Big B. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? This is new music. Yeah. It's creative new music. Yeah. So I started three other labels at a point mm. We Love You, which was for bands and guitars, yeah. Yeah. Um, a hip hop label called Bad Magic, mm-hmm. and a dance label called New Camp. Mm. Um, and then just ran them for five or six years, and then said, "Right, wall of sound could be anything now." Do you understand that?
2: Mm-hmm. I think people have trouble understanding that. I think we we want those kind of labels
1: to sort of point us in the right direction. Yeah. Well, yeah, but it's it's a funny one. But obviously, I've found some fantastic artists that have gone on to be, you know, very big now. Yeah and released some great records. Yeah. Um, have you seen the, the compilation that came out? No. No? What? There's the 21 years of Wall of Sound. Oh, cool.
2: Awesome. Rebel Radio is supported by Blue Apron. Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. They make it easy for you to prepare incredible meals at home with um, meat, seafood, produce that comes from sustainable sources. They deliver just the right amount for each recipe, so there's no food waste. And uh, they make it pretty easy to have a great meal for under $10 a person. It's it's fast, convenient, affordable, and it's delicious. We've been doing it here, Uh, well, Christy's been doing most of it. But I got in there a little bit, cooked up a couple meals. And it's great. In in under 40 minutes, we're eating, uh, we're having a great time cooking together. Highly recommend you check it out. And um, if you're the type of person that gets bored, there's uh, new recipes every week and they never repeat the same meal in a year. So it, it works out pretty nicely. Check out this week's menu and you get your first three meals free with free shipping just because you're a Rebel Radio listener so go to blueapron.com slash rebel. You'll love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. So don't wait. Go to blueapron.com slash rebel. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. So. So now, obviously, and I want to come back to what uh, where you didn't. What you don't want to talk about? What but, um,
1: they say never work with your heroes, but I just thought, f that. Yeah. So I did the last album with Grace Jones and the last album with the Human League. Nice, it's <laughs> <That's> great. <laughs> um, no, I was gonna say like
2: so, you know, you, you've been doing this and and the the business has changed. So uh, uh, yes, <laughs> um, and you know, I think. Back to what we're talking about, right? Like, there's, you know, there's this idea of that everything is data driven. That, uh, <laughs> you know, that TV can be the place that that new music, you know, is discovered on these competition shows, right? All this stuff, right? So, you know, I see you as a as the opposite end of that. That it's it's pure, you know, it's pure creativity and it's pure like. You know this world, you've helped to create this world, mm. it's just part of you. Yeah. So how do you How do you adapt to the way that the industry's changing, or how well, do, you, it's or interst-
1: do you... it's very interesting times, trying mm. to run a record label now compared to what it used to be. I'm sure. But you just have to adapt to it and go through it all and try and keep on keeping on. Yeah. I mean, someone's trying to make a, a book and a documentary on the wall of sound. Um, yeah, I'm sure. Which should be finished on in a in a couple of years. Nice. Um, for the 25-year anniversary. Mm. Um, and then maybe we'll see where we go from there. But you have to adapt and you've got to move on.
2: Have there been times, I mean, I, I know there's countless challenges that come up, as you said. Um, you know, when have you felt like, you, you want to just pack it in and, and how do you push
1: through that? Um, just being giving artists the platform that they need and that's what it was I've never wanted to ever change an artist mm. and if I see something creative or interesting to me then I always just want to give that person the platform that they need.
2: Yeah, Can you think of an
1: example of that? Well it's been every artist yeah. I've ever signed so and you know, they've all been different. Do you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. just be who they are, not somebody else. And that's what my issue is with the T V thing as well, because it's you know, the creativity from that perspective has, has disappeared.
2: Sure. Yeah, it seems like that there's a specific vision in mind of what what a successful artist is and they're yeah. they're looking to shape that. Yeah. Right. And and I think that's probably I mean, that's not for me, either the show or the music. That comes out of those shows, but but I think there's probably a lane for that, where you know some people want that.
1: You're driving the fast
2: lane, I guess. I guess, Um, but you know, but I think uh, so. You know, I think there is a lane for that, but I think it's it's that overshadows the other stuff. Right The people yeah. that are just pure creativity and they're just you know being who they are, and yeah right and I, and I feel like music needs that
1: well, it always needs that, but you know obviously the the d i y access you know with music now of recording and everything else has has put certain things into perspective, but let's see
2: yeah so what do you what do you look for then if it's if it's not a particular genre a particular sound if it's not i just look you know, for something you, original and different
1: something. and you know that's what i've always felt you know in somebody who's being themselves yeah and not somebody else <laughs> yeah
2: and yet i think it's such a um I don't want to call it a numbers game but it's a I think our clicks, I think our culture is so risk averse now. Yeah, right. That we we want to be able to predict everything. We have the ability to predict so much more than we ever have. Mm-hmm. Right, and so I think not not just music, but I think society in general. We want we want to know the answers before we get the questions. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so, you know, do you have to?
1: You have to combat that in your own life, in a way, certain things. But I just don't want him think about that. It's all about the clicks and the likes, and obviously, you know, if you're taking music to radio now, and they're very age demographic, genreized, sure. and and just you know, they they'll check on the the clicks and the likes. Mhm.
2: Is that stuff helpful at all or is it just all no, much? I just don't even want to think about it. No. Um, what's good about where where music is at right now?
1: What's good? Well, it always goes cyclically around as well. So, you know, with that other thing, it's people react against that. So mm-hmm. you have different generations of of. You know, and like I said before, you know, generations, you know, want to go the opposite way to what their older brother or sister is Mm -hmm. (laughs) and does. Yeah. So, and it's, it's all cyclic. Yeah. So, you know, I'm sure it will come around again.
2: So are there, are there lessons you took from, you know, you've been involved in so many different areas, right? From from clubs to to making music to to the label side Mm -hmm. what did you learn from being a a performer that then helped you in the rest well
1: that's you know like i said before or i don't know if i said before but i didn't tell anybody about me being in a band Mm. and then a couple of the artists um found something and freaked out and they were like, What? You were in a band but then they understood that that they I knew what they were going through as an artist. Yeah. And it's helped my relationship through the years with with artists. Yeah. So you can you can put yourself in their shoes. Well yeah. Well it's under it's you know, I, I've understood through the years what it's like to be an artist, so you know, and that's helped my relationship with artists. Because yeah. understanding what they're going through and you know the creative side of things, and and how you just you know when you have music out there, what you have to do to promote and yeah and other stuff. But yeah. it's changed a lot now, obviously because of the online sure thing. Yeah. But so how does that change your job? Like it seems like
2: <laughs> in the old days, you know this is oversimplifying, but you kind of you find an act that you like and you get them in the studio and. you make the record and, yeah and the rest I don't want to say it takes care of itself but but it feels like compared to that now you probably have to create a whole vision for yeah for this artist and how it gets marketed and
1: yeah all of that Well, I mean, and I always say to, to somebody or the new artist do something different yeah because that will get you you know awareness of 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 stuff and you know if we do something alternative in the beginning mm-hmm. and it catches catches people's imagination then you know it gets you noticed
2: yo if you haven't already get over to worlds.us that's world Us. sign up to attend the world's uh conference i guess it's not exactly a conference but Something like that, you'll learn from the masters. They have the CEO of iHeart Media, the CMOs of Samsung, of MasterCard, a lot of leading brands, people that are shaping business and culture as we know it. Uh, Sean White, Kelly Slater, all those guys will be up on stage speaking, and it's, it's like a couple day long event here in Los Angeles at the end of July, beginning of August. I'll be there, so we'll get to hang out in person um, and because you're a Rebel Radio listener, they're going to give you $200 off if you use the code Rebel Radio when you sign up for World. So make sure you do that. And if you do, hit me with a note uh, so we can make sure and meet up in person. Who's doing
1: something different right now you like? There's a few people <laughs> um, that I like. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> of so the artists on my label. Okay, I don't know. Um, but but I guess I guess what well, I'm Killer Floor are like, a great band. Yeah, and they've not really been recognised. But um, I created the new genre for America. Okay. As well. What is that? RDM. RDM. Have you not heard of it? Please. It's amazing. Yeah. Have you not heard of RDM? Enlighten us. Okay then rocktronic dance music okay because we've been combining guitars and electronics yeah. together for a long time but it never got recognized in america but now because of the EDM, so i've i've created rdm rocktronic dance music so and, and who are the artists killer floor okay who are, who are who have been described as led zeppelin meets the chemical brothers oh wow cool have you not heard of them no. I'm, I'm right. not going to keep it. Well, coming. no, I mean, and people are saying I should do an RDM tour of America of Route 66 because yeah. obviously now people are on the evolvement of EDM and, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, like I said, bands have been combining guitars and electronics for a long time, but it's never been taken seriously over there. Sure. Yeah. <laughs>
2: that's cool. <laughs> um, I, I think that's interesting because I think, you know, I mean, you were talking about it earlier how... Hip hop got really kind of uh, excited about EDM. Yeah. Because of the production production. side. But I think, you know, it really wasn't, for us, for the US, it really wasn't until Skrillex, right? Who was was a rock guy. Yeah. uh, Who also created a very rock show.
1: Yeah.
2: Right? And, like, I think that was the catalyst to get, you know, like, if you want to really move America America's a bunch of frat guys right not our culture right we've grown up in a, in, the, but it's always been subculture right it's always been you know the stuff that we're involved in can only ever get so big yeah but if you want to really impact the masses you have to be you gotta be playing at a football game <laughs> you know and, and that's like
1: you mean soccer or football no no
2: American football <laughs> right like you you know you have to be because that's where we get 100,000 people to like I know to move to the same song Um, and and so that's so it's got to be
1: this sort of rock and roll experience Mm. yeah okay you disagree well you know well the EDM explosion is crazy there now isn't it it is I
2: think it's it's not you know I think it's it's two years ago was the was the peak of it yeah for sure. Um,
1: Around and round.
2: Yeah, absolutely. But you know, I I remember as you do. For me, it's always interesting because, you know, in the late '90s when it was Chemical Brothers and Moby and and, heads. And, and all of that, right? Like Fatboy Slim. You know, as far as I knew that was the biggest like that was as big as 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 anything else yeah right but it but it, it wasn't really it was kind of big for like this underground thing it was kind yeah. of just just cracking through
1: well it never got played on daytime radio there like I said because it you know but it had organic sounds and it got you know it sold some albums yeah exactly but then I think you know uh,
2: I think more the the last cycle, is where it really fully became mainstream.
1: Yeah. Totally.
2: It's so it's so. Um, how how do you how do you kind of understand the the differences around the
1: world? What in different locations? Yeah. What genre-wise? Yeah,
2: just like what, you know, I mean, what dance music has meant here is so different than what it means in the U.S.
1: At the moment, yeah, but I think, you know. Yeah, well, it's, it's all it's evolution and I've, different countries react in different ways and, I mean, I you
2: know. Zen Freeman was on the show a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, he, you know Zen? Yeah. So, you know, he talked about just growing up as a teenager here and, and having Sasha and Paul on the radio <laughs> and like being inspired to be a DJ yeah. From hearing those guys on the radio, right? Mm-hmm. And and that led him down a certain path, and I think that kind of thing just can't really happen in the US.
1: Oh, well. It's different because it's such a big country as well, and you've got those regional areas of Yeah. Content or just disc- yeah. discontent. Absolutely. <laughs>
2: yeah. So for you I imagine you just you focus on the certain Certain spots where it matters. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: How do you, um, how do you keep, how do you stay motivated now to discover new music? (sighs) We're at a certain age where we're not out. That's a good question.
1: Well, exactly. Um, it's been a while. Yeah. (laughs) Me too. Since all the other stuff. Yeah. Really? No,
2: not, I just, I'm too old now to go out.
1: Really? Yeah okay um but yeah no it's it's one of those but so
2: what do you do how do you, how do you it's always
1: about, it's always been around it's always been about breaking windows for me and like you know bringing something through that you know has never been heard before but i mean it's not easy when you're kind of club scene wise when you when you don't go out now and yeah but obviously, you know the DJ, euphoria and party thing has gone a little bit different because of the the creativity of of non music. Sure. <laughs>
2: yeah. Um. So how do you stay connected?
1: Um. Well, just in different ways, really. Just people and, you know, I read a lot. Yeah. Magazine wise, but <laughs> but it's. I don't know. I mean, you have to just move on and groove on basically. Mm. Okay. All right. If you're digging this
2: one, let's go back into rebel radio archives. Check out my interview. Uh, you can find it on iTunes or SoundCloud with Mr. C. He's, uh, uh, the lead singer or rapper rather of, uh, the shaman, which was kind of an early, uh, hip house house act and then he was also an owner of the end nightclub which was one of uh, london's legendary clubs there's more good house music stories from london in that episode but um but finish up here first with my man mark jones have there been mentors that are that have been important to you
1: throughout your mentors career? yeah people that taught you stuff or you figured well out you know electronically when it all kicked off um yeah I mean obviously Daniel Miller
2: mm.
1: of Mute Records okay um he was an inspiration and I did actually call him up and said look I'm a real Depeche Mode fan I want to follow them around Europe yeah and he said, OK. So really? he, yeah, got me on the list um, in Germany. Um, so I followed them around Germany. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> that was quite interesting. Yeah, I bet. Um, yeah. And obviously the, the whole electronic, the, the Daniel, you know, the, the thing that Daniel did there with that was, was great. What did you take from that experience? What did I take from that experience? Well, it's just learning and it was December, 1983.
2: So, so, So I mean, that takes balls to just call up a guy and yeah. ask if you can go on tour. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, where, where, where does that come from?
1: I don't know, I, I just didn't, you know, I just really wanted to be there. But yeah. <laughs> anyway, this is funny. Um, it took balls. Huh? Yeah, I have balls, man. <laughs> is have that you got, uh, have you got the
2: balls? Is that a good idea? Like, if you, I don't know if you, could, if you you know talk to students or whatever.
1: Like, just kind of go for it. Yes. Well, that that's you know one of my points is that be yourself, don't be somebody else, and move on. Yeah. Do you find?
2: There's pressures to be somebody else, aren't there? Yeah. So is that a... How do you how do you handle that? Is, that a, is it a conscious thing? Is it a conscious, like, conversation with yourself? No. Or does it
1: just... No, I've never been... I, I, I am who I am. Yeah. I've never been someone else. Yeah. Do you have to, like... Cause not everybody can just do that. No. Right. Well, you know, what, that's what, you know, if you asked me one of those questions, it was. That was one of my answers. I understand that. Be yourself. Yeah. Don't be someone else.
2: What do you think is the most. the decision you've made that's had the biggest impact? What's the best decision?
1: Sure. Well, you know, starting the record label. But, um and also you know being in the band which was you know gave me that other confidence of of doing things but um what's the best decision I've ever made mm. signing the propeller heads signing Royx up yeah um hmm what's next What do you mean?
2: For you, what's the... What's,
1: what <laughs> what's you, next? What's the next goal? Um, what's the next goal? Well, I've signed a great band called Perfect Day.
2: OK.
1: <laughs> so getting that album out would be interesting. Um, but no, I mean, obviously, it's, you know, just moving on and getting there and getting the documentary finished and, yeah... Um, yeah getting to the 25 years mm. maybe which is in 2 years yeah it's exciting and move on and what does that mean you have to evolve and you know you know just keep this going and obviously i've got some new artists now who are great i have just did the lisbon kid album which is rui de silva who had mm-hmm. a number 1 record yeah, yeah and danny dematos and that's a a cool album And there's a few others, as well.
2: When you say you have to evolve, like, is that
1: a... Does it just happen? Well you have to move on and groove on as I said before but it's one of those where you have to take things on the head Mm. and take things you know what I mean and just deal with them and in the right way so do you find yourself do you ever say I can't do this because
2: I've already done
1: it maybe (laughs) (laughs) this is a good question Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I just
2: wonder if that's like is it a conscious thing or or does does it just happen naturally
1: do you get well, bored do I get bored uh. um do I get bored doing what like like are you like
2: you know do you find yourself in I don't know if it's a record or, or something where you're like I'm, I'm bored with this I've already this feels too familiar no
1: no no I've never been bored with something of you know everything I've always ever tried to help and release of is things that inspire me, and you know yeah. what I mean. I've never, I've never been boring. Okay. Have you? Me? Yeah, I get
2: bored. <laughs> I can't do the same thing over and over.
1: Right. No, I, I've never done that. So. Yeah. So maybe it doesn't. That's the point.
2: Yeah. We were talking about creativity. Are there things you do that help you, like, tap into creativity or, or, you know, get past blocks?
1: Well, it's just, you know, what side your brain works, isn't it, Mm. from that perspective? But I always just try and keep the freedom of imagination. And that's really important. Yeah. Um, And hearing... Stories of other people's inspiration, which is what I do on the radio show, the Back to the Future radio show, which I have, which was on Six Music for ages, and now it's on Soho Radio. Oh, cool. Um, and it's artists coming in and telling their story and playing the music that made them do what they do. Yeah. So and it's really interesting to hear what inspirations you get from that.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I talk about that a lot on this show with. There's a, there's a um, danger,
1: I think, for creative people of letting in the wrong inspirations. Danger, danger, high voltage. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Um, <laughs> right,
2: that you, I think as an artist, you have to keep certain influences out.
1: Yeah.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah, and it not revealing mm. everything, I think, is the most important part.
2: Yeah. Do you mean, like, otherwise it just sounds like it? it's just
1: a copy? Well, yes, or, you know, not revealing it either. What do you mean? Well, you know, not telling anybody. What inspired you? What? <laughs> Why? I don't know. <laughs> anyway. Okay.
2: Hey, I want to do a lightning round.
1: Huh? A lightning round. Yeah. What do you mean? Oh, one me tell
2: you. <laughs> oh, one one more first. What? <laughs> why, why do you think artists enjoy working with you?
1: I don't know. You 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 should ask them Have you that heard question. It? I'm not there? going to answer that question. Okay. But you should ask them. Um, I don't know. Maybe this, it's something different, but yeah. I'm sure certain artists will say the other, the other direction. <laughs> or go the other direction. Sure.
2: I get it. Okay. Okay. So if you can go back to uh, 18
1: and give yourself one piece of advice... What would you say? What would I say to myself as 18? Mm. Keep on keeping on listen and learn. Okay.
2: <laughs> what talent have you always
1: wished you had more of? Um, me personally. Mm. Well, I mean, sad to say but I think that the sometimes I just wish on the structure side of things and the practical side of things that I had more a little bit more balance of that give me an example just the structural side of of, you know making things happen in, mm. in a certain way and uh, you know I've never been a practical side of, of business I've always been the creative side mm-hmm. so maybe be an accountant or a lawyer okay uh
2: well maybe <laughs> maybe that's so if you could um do something else not music Whoa, well, what would you do what would I do let's say you could do anything and, and you would uh you're guaranteed to be successful but it can't be music
1: I don't know Maybe be on a TV presenter. Okay. Or, I mean, people are saying that at the moment. They're yeah. saying that the question mark talks I do, yes. which should be a TV show, so that might evolve. Nice. And now, yeah. Um, yeah, question mark. I, I do these question mark talks. Yeah. Um, and they're a panel of four people, when I ask them questions they don't want to get answered. Oh, they good. don't want to answer. That's Sorry, cool. um, but what, no, and it's all been music industry orientated yeah. up until this point. But now people are saying it should go into different areas. Sure, um, but yeah,
2: that's pretty cool.
1: It's yeah. What's the exa- What's it's a question, question, like, question mark?
2: Yeah, clever. <laughs> um, what's a like? What's a question that somebody doesn't want to answer? Like, give me a. What's um, question, what's I don't know.
1: I show? mean, it obviously depends on who the panellists are and what the subject is at, sure. at the moment. But, I is mean, that, it's and, been and different. And
2: has there been anyone that stands out it has been like...
1: There's been a lot. Yeah. I mean, the the last one I did was a big Back to the Future one, which was a big full name 80s artists mm. and stuff. Cool. And telling their story and going through that. But it's all been, you yeah. know, music industry orientated to yeah. this point. But, I mean, I've done lots of people. Sure. But, you know... But uh, yeah, I think that, that should evolve. That's cool.
2: So if uh, if I worked for you, what's something I would hear you say over and over?
1: <laughs> if you worked for me, yeah. that would be quite interesting. <laughs> Do you want a job?
2: I might. My <laughs> uh, wife would love to move to London. So. Really. Yeah, but we've only been here in June. So, it's beautiful. Oh, yeah. I don't think we can handle the rest of it. We, we can handle it anywhere in the world most of the year.
1: Yeah, I, I get that. I get that. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. What would you hear from me? What time is it? <sighs> okay. Where? Who's my next meeting?
2: Yeah.
1: Um... Mm. Can you make me a cup of coffee? I think that would be it now. Okay. That's good. Did you get the coffee in? What, um... Where's the coffee?
2: What, what do you Where's say to, the coffee?
1: <laughs> okay. What do you say to motivate people? <laughs> um, well, that's interesting question. Mm? I mean, you should ask them again. But what do I say to motivate people? I don't know. It depends who they are and what they're doing and where they stand. And, sure. You know, it's it, it wouldn't be the same thing to everybody. Okay. That's for sure. Yeah. But as I said before, and I've said a few times, be who you are. Mm-hmm. Don't be somebody else. Mm-hmm. And that really motivates people to do what they do. Mm-hmm and not do something else
2: who would you be most excited to learn as a fan of your, your work
1: really yeah. who would I most be excited right well obviously my two sons okay George and Stanley okay um yes that would be great if they would um be excited yeah and I don't know most of the artists on the label.
2: I imagine many of them are fans of
1: yours. Well, some of them are, some of them aren't, but, sure. you know, it's one of those. Yeah. The practical side of things has, has hit a few relationships. But um No, it's one of those. Cool. Uh, what's your favourite city to travel to? That's a good question. I mean... I did love New York a while, and then when you get to a certain point, because we did a lot of things there, um, and then when you get to a certain point, an age, LA becomes much more of the appealing fact of America. Yeah. Um, but island wise, Ibiza. Oh yeah. And Ibiza town. Nice. Cool. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I mean. And Jamaica, mm-hmm. and Iceland. So, because I've done a thing called Good Vibrations, mm-hmm. which is why Jamaica, Ibiza, and Iceland vibrate creatively and musically, and other islands don't. Interesting. Yeah, and everyone's saying it should be a TV show. Why Iceland? Well, go. Have you ever been there? No, no. You've never been there. Well, think of the creative music that has come out of Iceland and then the creative amount of artists that are just fantastic. Mm. So, yeah, if you think about that, I mean, and when you go there, there is a vibration on the island. And, Mm -hmm. you know, like I said before, I was never really into reggae, um, but then Chris Blackwell, who ran Island Records, flew me to Jamaica to... He wanted to buy a wall of sound mm. back in the day, um, and I got off the plane, and I just felt this energy and vibration that I'd never felt before, only in Ibiza. Mm. So, you know, and it's one of those. Cool. That's cool. That was a good, that was a good one, wasn't yeah. it? That was a good one.
2: Love it, and now we have. Uh, now we have Wow, that can take us to Iceland. Mm?
1: Yeah. Wow.
2: You should go there. Uh, we, we almost went on this trip. Uh, really? Yeah, because LA, you know, the, you know, Wow has this deal, right? It's a super cheap flight. My friend owns it, so you oh, can nice. get it free. Okay, <laughs> well, me.
1: she will fly us up to Iceland. So from, from LA to London, but you stop in Reykjavik. Right.
2: And you can and you should spend the night. You should
1: go the there, day, man. If you've not been there, it's no. really, really cool. Yeah. And it's, there is an, an energy tie on the list
2: for There's sure. yeah creative uh, very
1: creative yeah uh, everyone's a, an artist nice musician or doing something
2: cool
1: so you're welcome to stay at my flat if, you, if you're Done. homeless see that we're
2: hooked up I love it what's the last great book you read
1: I can't remember but um ask me this question or is there what, or is there a book about? that's
2: had a major impact on you
1: well I've read a lot of you know SGI yeah. books now because I'm a practicing SGI Buddhist yeah do you know SGI uh,
2: Lotus Sutra yeah? yeah yeah
1: I was just about to say that that's so weird <laughs> <laughs> we, have on, we have it
2: on the show I so, told to my wife. My wife went to ask for for a bunch of years.
1: This is so funny. Yeah. yeah, the Lotus Sutra. I was just about to say that.
2: Cool. It's awesome.
1: I love this connection. <laughs> this is so uh, funny, man. What movie
2: do you think you've seen the most in your life? Well,
1: there's been a few, but... Oh, gosh. Memory. Um, <laughs> yeah. Let me have a think about that. I mean... Carry on, carry ons. Um, let me let me ever think. Movie.
2: Is there like for me? It's always like there's certain movies that when you when you're flipping the channels or when we used to flip channels, Gosh. you would just see it when, and you would just stop on it, even though you've seen it, you know, a hundred times.
1: Mm.
2: You might see it from the middle on whatever.
1: Mm. Let me have a think okay. about that. All right. Um, who's your favorite DJ of all time? <laughs> really? Yeah. Well, my favorite DJ of all time? That's a good question. Um, probably Danny Rampling and DJ Pierre, mm. who first bought Acid House into, yeah. into this place. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, obviously Danny did Shum and I did the visuals at Shum and everything and uh, DJ Pierre. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously at the time it was revolutionary mm-hmm. and the whole Balearic thing was just crazy yeah. um, and Alfredo from Ibiza mm. um, and I have to say my current wife, DJ Lottie. Mm. Do you know her?
2: By
1: name. Really? Yeah. Well, she's my wife. Nice. So, DJ Lottie.
2: Cool.
1: Nice one. Thanks for doing this. That's okay. That's great. It's been fantastic.
2: Yeah, that was Mark Jones, not Mike Jones. Um, Great stories. I I loved it. Like I said, uh, I hope you enjoyed that wild ride. And I hope you uh, leave us a comment on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Well, don't leave us a comment on YouTube. YouTube comments are stupid, but you know what I'm talking about. Uh, you can find us online pretty much everywhere at RebelRadio.net, And most importantly, come back next week for more Rebel Radio. Peace.